One step closer to a higher Ohio minimum wage. Can a pile of money help solve one of 2019's biggest Northeast Ohio mysteries? And Ohio is opting for secrecy on the China coronavirus, kind of like China did. Uh-oh, that ended badly. It's the Wake Up from Cleveland.com for Thursday, February 6th. I'm Cleveland.com editor Chris Quinn. Big news for people in poverty. Supporters of a proposal to raise Ohio's minimum wage to $13 an hour have crossed a hurdle and can begin collecting the signatures needed to place the issue on the November ballot. On Wednesday, the state ballot board certified that the language for the initiative constituted a single issue, a requirement of ballot questions in Ohio. Ohioans for raising the wage now have until July 1st to collect nearly a half million signatures of registered voters. The proposal comes from two unions, and it would raise the minimum wage incrementally from $8.70 today to $13 an hour in the year 2025. This would be a constitutional amendment, which means the overwhelmingly Republican legislature could not unilaterally roll the wage back. After 2025, the minimum wage would rise with inflation. It's one of the biggest mysteries of 2019, and police hope that the offer of a much bigger reward will solve it. We're talking about the double homicide on June 4th of 33-year-old Kate Brown and 40-year-old Carnell Sledge in the Rocky River Reservation of the Cleveland Metro Parks. Brown's family announced a $70,000 donation to the reward fund Wednesday, meaning information leading to the arrest of a suspect could be worth $100,000. The two friends arrived in separate vehicles at a parking lot north of the Lorraine Road Bridge just after 5 p.m. that day, and they sat on a park bench. They were shot to death minutes later. Police and the FBI have investigated more than 100 tips, Investigators have reviewed footage from area surveillance cameras and license plate readers, but the case remains unsolved. Iowa was a disaster, but will Ohio be one too? Days after the Democratic Party completely botched the Iowa caucuses, we're learning that eight of Ohio's 88 counties failed to meet a state deadline to upgrade their security in preparation for this year's presidential election. All eight failed to complete a section of a state directive dealing with security training. This comes from Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose. LaRose singled out Western Ohio's Van Wert County, which he said will be placed under state administrative oversight while officials there complete the security checklist announced by LaRose last summer. He also said he has asked for the resignation of Jetta Menser, a Coshocton County Board of Elections member who LaRose said failed to comply with a requirement to activate a new email address with a .gov or a .us suffix. Six other counties, Carroll, Clark, Hamilton, Holmes, Ottawa, and Warren, missed the January 31st deadline, but LaRose said he's confident they'll finish the upgrades within the next week and he's not taking any extra oversight measures there. LaRose compared the security upgrades to a pre-flight checklist. Ohio's voting machines can't be hacked remotely since they're not connected to the Internet, but vulnerabilities include voter registration lists and county and state elections websites. 
Time is tight. The presidential primary is March 17th, but military and overseas voting began last Friday, while early voting starts February 19th. Ohio dodged the bullet last week when two Miami University students tested negative for the China coronavirus, but the health department said Wednesday the state might have a case elsewhere. Unlike last week, the state won't say where that case might be. And Cleveland.com's Jeremy Pelzer reports the state health department is calling around to county health departments to tell them not to confirm locations for potential cases. The secrecy is a departure from how the health department dealt with the Miami University students and is eerily similar to how China originally dealt with the virus. We know how that ended up. We'll have to see whether the county health boards adhere to the state directives. Maybe county health officials will see that transparency can ease the anxiety of people worried about the spread of the new virus. Governor Mike DeWine's task force on foster care released its recommendations Wednesday, and none come as a surprise. Ohio's foster care system should do more to recruit caregivers, give foster parents more of a say in whether children should stay in their care, and create state registries for foster care services and children who need to be adopted. The 20-page report follows 10 hearings around the state. Other recommendations? Create an ombudsman to oversee caseworkers, do more to keep kids out of foster care to start with, and offer more legal and financial help to relatives who act as foster parents. DeWine created the task force last November to examine what the governor called a foster care crisis in Ohio. There are currently about 16,000 foster children in Ohio, up from 12,000 in 2013, an increase that's due in large part to opioid-addicted parents. DeWine campaigned for governor on the promise of improving the lives of children, and the foster care push fits squarely into his pro-kids agenda. Thanks for listening to The Wake Up from Cleveland.com. Check out This Week in the CLE later today. That's the podcast analysis of the news by the reporters and editors of Cleveland.com. 